are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I still can't get over the fact Ms. Treber and I got to go with our high school seniors last week. We were in Washington, D.C. She had never seen it before, and... Uh, I just, I, I tell you, I can't get over the wonderful job God's people are doing with your children. It's just, it's just amazing to see how you've invested your life. Parents, that little song about prayer is so important tonight because these kids need your prayer more than ever. Kids, I don't want you to live with a chip on your shoulder, but I think it's much harder today than it was in my era. And sin has always been sin. And uh, you know, I was telling a class this morning, I was teaching a, a class in the college, and, and uh, I, I, I told them that when I was a boy, when I was born, nobody had a TV in the house. And they just start really coming out in the, uh, oh, 53, 54, I guess, around there, 55. But the televisions, there was, there was only three channels. And those three channels came on, I don't know when they came on in the morning, sometime. But at night, it was either 10 or 11 o'clock, they went off. And there's no programming all night long. If you wanted to watch something, there's no such thing to watch anything. And uh, your, your kids have so much accessibility to so much. And I'm grateful for all the, the nice things that we can use, computers and whatnot, but it's very dangerous. And parents... I think you just ought to be right up front with your kids. Uh, the statement I've always said, it's not we don't trust you, it's just we don't trust you. Because we were kids too one time. And we're still. It, it, the old, the old, you, you can never master the flesh. It's going to be with you till the day you die. And I want to just challenge you, keep your eyes open. And that room they live in, you own. You own the drawers and you own everything. So my wife would say, kids, I want you to know I love snooping around. I find anything. I'm going to open the door. We just told them. And uh, we just, uh, we, we, uh, we're thankful for them. By the way, Brother Tim texted me right before church tonight. And of course, that church down there, he's working at it, getting it going. But he said, Dad, he, he rides a Segway. Just that's the, not with a, just, just the two little wheels, you know, not a handle or anything, just the. He gets all that thing, goes door to door every day. He said, I just put my 1,000th mile on my Segway today, going door knocking. And uh, he runs up to the, he rides that thing up to the house, jumps off of it, goes, knocks on the door, turns around, comes back. And I saw a picture this week where his boy Landon, I don't know how old Landon is, eight, I think, I'm guessing. And uh, he has a Segway. He was going out with his dad, door knocking. So you pray for their Easter as well. We're, um, we're um, trying to get through the Bible. Fellows, come on in, if you will. Go ahead. Let's have prayer. Father, thank you for the wonderful service we've enjoyed. Continue to bless the children's program tonight. I thank you for all the workers there and the nursery. And I'd ask that tonight you'd speak to our hearts in our, our study of the book of Judges. In Jesus' name, amen. 
This is not exhaustive. We cannot, it's just a synopsis of the book. We're working our way through the Bible. And uh, Genesis, what's the word Genesis mean? Beginnings. And Exodus means to exit. And Leviticus is a book that deals with holiness and purity and righteousness and godliness. Ah, this was a hot, hard one for me. Um, Numbers, what would numbers deal with? You know, you must have a very, very profound teacher that teaches the word of God to you. Uh, Numbers means numbers. Deuteronomy, that word Deuteronomy just simply means the words, the words. And then Joshua is a book about conquering. Take one area after another. And then Judges, boy, I wonder what Judges deals with. Same thing, that sort of numbers. Numbers is numbers, Judges is Judges. I've gone through, and in my Bible, I told you, every book of the Bible, I have a word that describes what that Bible is, what that, that book is. But I've gone through now, I hope I can get all 66. You're gonna have to probably help me with some. I already know the R for next week after Judges is the book. What's the book after Judges? Ruth, right? Isn't it Ruth? You got me confused now. I tell you, this new Bible, I love it, I love it. But I tell you, I said to the students in colleges that they turned with me to the book of Hosea, and I'm telling you what, my Bible doesn't have Hosea. My old Bible just turns right over whatever book I want, it just turns right to it. And uh, so I'm always memorized. I knew this morning, if I got to 9.30, I think that was the page, 9.30. That's embarrassing, I shouldn't know. I know the books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Revelation, there it is, that's it. But I've taken every war book and have a, I have a word that describes it. But now since we've gone on this study, I've st- started every book with the letter R. Well, it's very obvious Genesis is a book of ruin, R-U-I-N. Everything that God did, people ruined it. They just messed everything up. Uh, Genesis had sin that came in. Murder came in. Um, adultery came in. You name the sin, lying, just all that sin, ruin. And it began in the beginning, God created, it was life, and it ends the very last verse in a coffin in Egypt. Life and death. And so it's the book of ruin. Very obvious what exodus is, is to remove. We're going from here, and we're gonna exit. The book of Leviticus is righteousness, and I'd like you to write them down, because I'll, I'm gonna start asking, begin to ask you. Leviticus is righteousness. 87 times he said, I want you to be holy. That does not include sanctification or sanctity or purity or anything of that. Just just the word holiness, 87 times, righteousness. I know I'm stretching this one. Numbers is what I call the roll book because they listed everybody, 20 years of age and upward, and how many people in every one of these units the words, uh, Deuteronomy's words are, uh, we use the word remarks. The words that he used, the remarks that he left. Joshua is that book of conquering, so it's a region. And, and he lays it out in chapter one. Every place of the foot of your soul, sole of your foot shall tread upon that I've given you. 
from the great river Euphrates to the going down of the sun, everywhere he began to give them measurements, all that is yours. All that region is yours. And then, of course, judges that have to be ruler. The book of Judges, as you uh, begin to read it, and when you're there on your Bible reading schedule, uh, Judges covers 350 years. It's a long period. And it it reveals really, and I want us to get this down. If you'll write it down in your notes, because I'll ask you to write some things down tonight. It, it reveals the tragedy of compromise. And don't get all worried. I'm not going in this big old rant tonight about But I, I cannot stand compromise. There's not a compromising bone in my body. I don't, believe, I don't believe you compromise one verse in this Bible. And we, we, we want to compromise salvation, and we want to compromise out of Christian life, and we want to, don't, don't buy into compromise. There has to be thus saith the Lord. This is a new Bible, so as I've gone through it now, I've underlined, but I've underlined every time it says, thus saith the Lord. My goodness, if you read Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, it's just all constant, every page underscored. Thus, this is God speaking. God's talking to us. And so we find Judges is a book that deals with the tragedy of compromise. I, I, I read this statement. It's not original with me. But when you think of compromise and how these people, it always has a beginning. And the statement that I read was incomplete mastery. Incomplete mastery of evil. We have to master evil. We have to get evil under control. We have to die to sin itself. But incomplete, incomplete mastery of evil at the beginning. Incomplete mastery of evil at the beginning always means trouble later on. Sin has to be nipped early. We have to nip it. And, and I don't know how you are, but I, love, I think of that song so often, it describes me prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Don't, don't ever think I, I, I can put confidence in my flesh. Our flesh is so weak. I mean, so weak. And at this moment, you and I can be so strong. And at this moment, we can be so weak. We haven't arrived. God knows I'm trying to be a godly pastor and a good pastor. But I wish that I was as good as many of you think. You say, well, what, what, are, you, what are you into? I'm not into anything. But I say so often, fear is sin. Sometimes the old Martin Luther, he fought 500 years ago. He fought fear. He gets so, so to the point of despair. I look at Moses who fought fear so much that one day he said, God, just kill me. And Job, a great man, the most righteous man in the East, he said one day, God, just kill me. And Elijah, the great man that called down fire from heaven, and the same chapter called down rain from heaven. Great, but great faith, but great fear. There, there's some sins 
that, that don't attract me. As you have some sins that don't attract you, I, I, I have no envy over somebody that has something I don't have. I've preached all these years across America and I'll go and uh, this pastor will have 40 acres or 165 acres or 200 acres and, and, and they always would say, I, I bet you wish you had this, Brother Treber. I said, no, I, I, I don't. I'm really happy. I, I was in my old office over there. 1900 and I want to say it was 1983. And we needed, and that's it's a lot of money now, but it was a lot of money then. We needed, if I remember, we needed $200,000 building that building. I was literally in my little back study. It, my study was a wedge. It was four feet wide and wind out to about seven feet, but it was long. It was like from here to that picket fence. And I was on my knees. I said, dear God, it was in the afternoon. We are so desperately in need of $200,000. It is my prayer, and I was begging God. The phone rang, and the secretary said, Pastor, Brother so-and-so wants to talk to you. And I thought, wow, this could be great. I picked up the phone. He said, Brother Treber, you will not believe what just happened. I want you to be the first to know. God just gave our church $200,000. I, I was rejoicing, and I still rejo I was rejoicing, and I got done, and I said, Lord, you missed it by about 200 miles. <laughs> I, I don't have problem with envy. Maybe, maybe that's your... The Bible says, let us lay aside every sin, every, uh, every sin, help me with it, every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. You have some sin, sin or sins that easily beset you. And so does the pastor. Envy is not one of those for me. Some vice is not one. I don't, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to drink. That, that's not, but we all have it. And, and, and here, when we don't master something at the beginning, I promise you it's going to show up. When lust conceives, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So we have to nip it here so it doesn't reflect itself over here. So the book deals with, with compromise. I want you, I'm gonna to get to the Bible. We're gonna look at a lot of it just real briefly. I want you to get a piece of paper and make four circles. One at 12 o'clock, one at three o'clock, one at six o'clock, and one at nine o'clock. You have a piece of paper there and you can write. And, and I, I, it, so the top circle, I wrote one right here. I made the same thing. I got a nickel out. And I drew a knife. My circles are so nice right here. Now, it, it, I hope you don't have a nickel because the offering plate just passed. And I hope you gave it all this evening. If not, we'll come back with an offering plate for you. So put your first circle at 12 o'clock. And I don't know, it could be 12 o'clock a.m. or p.m. Don't, don't put, put a clock. Just put a, z, a circle right there. You got it? And then you have one over here at 3 o'clock. 
And, and then you have one at six o'clock. You got it there? And then you, got, you have a circle at nine. How many are sitting next to a person they are absolutely, they can't even draw a circle? Are you sitting by someone like that? Raise your hand so we can see. Uh, we will be posting all your circles out here in the lobby afterwards and see who's, sign your patent name, if you will, on it so we can see. Brother Poussin, it looks like you, do you have a good circle there? You, you got, oh, your wife is your secretary. She, she does it all for you. I was wondering why your head was laying back and your mouth was open, your eyes were closed. And so she's taking it all in. Put up on this circle at 12 o'clock, obedience and blessing. Obedience and blessing. Put over here at three o'clock in the circle, disobedience. Put down at six o'clock, bondage and a call for help. And, and put over at nine o'clock, deliverance. Obedience and blessing, 12 o'clock. Disobedience at three o'clock. Bondage uh, and a call for help at six o'clock. And then deliverance at nine o'clock. And you understand, I'm not saying that's how you pray at 12, three, I'm not, I'm just telling you get the circles right. That's what the book of Judges is all about. They're experiencing the blessings of God, the goodness of God. God gave them a judge and, they get, and, and, and so they're delivered and things are great. And then they go into disobedience. And you're gonna see with all these judges, there's, then there's disobedience. And there's always a consequence for disobedience. There's always a consequence. And so we see they go into bondage and, and cruel bondage and they cry out for help and then there's deliverance. You know what the devil's gonna tell you when you get yourself or I get myself into bondage? I can't call out. I had a man one time, I can remember so, so distinctly, uh, he, I was dealing with some sin in his life, I can't even remember what it was, but I was, I, that whatever his sin was, but we, we're dealing with that sin and he said, Pastor, I said, are you praying about it? Have you given it to God? Have you confessed it? Are you getting it right? Do you go to God? And he goes, I can't. And I said, why? He goes, because I didn't go to God when things were going right. How can I come to God when things are going wrong? I said, are you, you've got to be kidding me. Have you ever read the book of Judges? Have you ever read the Bible? In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. David in his sin cried unto the Lord. You, you, you turn to God. I, you, you turn, you're in trouble. You turn to your mother, your dad. You're in trouble. You turn to uh, somebody spiritually who's going to help you. You're in trouble. Let's turn to God. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often follow. I'll, I'll pray if I have just perfect peace. No, you can't. It's when, when, not just perfect peace, but when you have trouble. And that's what this book of Judges is about. Go to chapter one, and let's take a look at it. Chapter one, and verse 21. The Bible says, and the children of Benjamin, what's the next phrase, class, tonight? Let's say, and the children of Benjamin, here it is, ready, begin. Did not drive out. So they disobeyed God. God told them to drive these people out. Look at verse 27. Neither did Manasseh, read it together, drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shehan. Verse number 28, 
the latter part of the verse, and did not drive them out. Verse 29, neither did Ephraim, that man that was supposed to be fruitful, the Bible says, neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites. Verse 30, neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron. Verse 31, neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants. Verse 33, neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants. As we see uh, these verses, they refused to do what God had told them to do. Chapter two, verse two. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land, but ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you. They shall be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel that the people lifted their voice and wept. And then we find that Joshua was here. We're reminded that the people of God, verse 8, verse 7, they served the Lord all the days of Joshua. But verse 10, would you read verse 10 with me? Ready? Begin. And also all that generation were gathered This new generation, young people, listen. They forsook the Lord their God, the Father which brought them out of the land of Egypt. Verse two, they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Asheroth. Any way you look at this, 10 years goes fast. And in 10 years, some of you are gonna be teaching our Sunday school. And you're gonna run in the buses and drive in the buses and 20 years goes fast and most everybody in this room will be in this church or another church serving God and you'll be ushers and deacons and Sunday school teachers and assistant pastors and pastors in churches all over America. Uh, you better seek the God of your fathers. When this church began almost 44 years ago, July to be 44, you can find churches open on Wednesday night. You can find churches open on Sunday night. You can find still preachers even in this area. But it's a dearth. Churches predominantly, we build these big, beautiful buildings for a one-hour, boring Sunday morning, no power of God service. Why would you build a building? Why would you build a house and use it for one hour a week? I tell you, I heard pastor talking about Sunday school. I'm grateful we have Sunday school. And under my watch, we're gonna have Sunday school till the day I die. I'm all for Sunday school. Every Sunday, we ought to go to Sunday school there to learn about our blessed Lord. Sunday school, teaching the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. I was telling you, somebody just recently, I really believe that Sunday morning, I'll have a, something about say on this in these weeks to follow, but I believe Sunday morning is the time you build your database. People come and, and you, build, you build a crowd on Sunday morning. People come. I'm not suggesting you don't preach. You ought to preach all the time and sing, but you're building a crowd on Sunday morning. Sunday night you build the church. 
I came here, I tell you, I was so focused on, I knew what I wanted to preach. I wanted to preach the book of Joshua first. And every Sunday night I was in the book of Joshua, building something, conquering something, tearing something down, doing something, capturing something. Power of God. Oh, it's a powerful book. When I got done with Joshua, went over to the book of Nehemiah. Let's, let's build up a wall. Let's do something. Went through that verse by verse. I tell you, as you read, you, you have to, Sunday night, you build, you build the membership in direction and all where you're going. And, and Wednesday night, we build upon line, upon line, and preach upon, we build the people, the saints of God, with the word of God. I'm not suggesting we don't preach the word of God. Every service is the word of God. Someone once said Sunday morning, when people come to church, it's because of their love for their pastor and the love for the church, a love for what's going on. Sunday night, it's because you love the church, and Wednesday night, it's because you love the Lord. Now, I know, you say, well, I come Sunday morning, I love the Lord, so do I. We all do. I wonder if there's some truth to that. Here we find in chapter number two, verse 16, Nevertheless, here's, here's the introduction to judges. The Lord raised up judges, which what? Delivered them out of the land, out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet, they would not hearken unto their judge, judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. And they turned quickly out of the way, which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up, judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hands of their enemies. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers, following other gods to serve them and bowing down unto them, and they ceased not from their own doing nor from their stubborn way. Churches, should not have a pastor or membership that are following their own stubborn way. We ought to follow this precious old book that I hold in my hand. We ought to follow what this word says. Turn with me, if you will, to chapter number three. Chapter three, and I have, I'm still in introduction and my time's up almost. Chapter three, would you notice with me I'd like to look at all, but verse 8, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He sold them to the hand, those people. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. God raised up a deliverer. You see the 12, the 3, the 6, the 9, they go into bondage. They're sold into bondage. They cried to the Lord, God gives a deliverer. In verse 12, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. As apostasy, so God gives them a second judge. Verse 15, and when the children of the Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord made, raised up and delivered Ehud. And then Ehud dies and they become apostatized again. Chapter number four, what is apostasy? Apostasy is leaving a once held position. Brother Eliud over here, he leads our choir. Oh, my goodness, he does a good job. But I'm grateful he's holding the position of what this church believes. We don't believe in the emergent church around here. We don't believe in the contemporary music. 
We believe in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. We don't believe in rock and roll around here. I described rock and roll to the young people this morning in high school college, and I want to be very careful and chaste. But that term rock and roll came from Brooklyn in the late 50s, mid-late 50s. It was a gutter term. I want to be very cautious, especially in a mixed crowd. But what men, perverted men, did to the ladies that walked the streets, those two words. It's vile. And you can put those words in and figure out what they did. I want to say, why do we want to bring that in our church? Why, why do we want to bring the drummers and the acid rock and all that? When you have like these boys saying, what a song. Holy, holy, holy. That song Mrs. Strofe sang tonight. She went to the children's book. Was it He Hideth My Soul? That, that, that's pretty good music right there. When clothed in his brightness, transported, I'll rise. These judges, perhaps the two most well-known judges are chapter 6 and 7, Gideon. And the one that has more about him than anybody else was Samson. You know, Samson's mom and dad, Manoah and his wife, they, they were instructed by an angel of God. They said, how do we order this child? How do we raise this child? That's a good question for parents to ask. And I would suggest you don't ask the internet. And you don't ask a 23, 24, 25, 26-year-old girl that's on her second baby, and I know how to raise kids. Let me give you a Greek word. She doesn't know deadly squat. She's not prepared. She's not Titus 2. These Titus 2 ladies, I have been thinking so much, Julie, about you. I, I was playing music in, in the radio room today about you and your girls when you were singing that trio. That had to be, would that be 20, 25 years ago, those girls, that trio of yours? I don't know. We were praying for you, I think, in staff meeting yesterday morning. What a faithful lady. What a faithful, good lady. You say, well, her kids have been long gone out of her. I know. If you young girls, when young girls want to know something about being a wife and being a mother, I'd speak to her if I were you. She knows something about motherhood. I'd speak to these ladies that have done it. I'm not saying we've all succeeded at it. Don't hold us to perfection. But they know something about the family. They know something about the home. They know something about adversity. They know something about trials. And Samson was raised by good parents, but Samson, his Sin that so easily beset him was women. And it was Delilah. And she got him. You know, when a woman gets a man, destroys his life, or whatever the case may be, a man, woman, whatever, I would hope you'd never have glee. 
I'd hope you'd never advertise it and make it your problem to tell everybody in the world how bad everybody else is. I'm thankful that God and his goodness, and I know enough about Facebook. My wife keeps me up to date on all the churches on Sunday night. She'll be going there and say, hey, listen to this song over at Brother Joseph Brown's church tonight. Listen to how uh, the, the Brother, Brother Miss Epley sang. And I love it. I love to stay up with the churches. And I pity, I pity pastors and I pity God's people that are wasting their time with everybody else's sins. And normally, it's because we're trying to cover our own sin like Judah did. In Genesis 38, I think it is. And like David did in 2 Samuel 11, when people begin to have a problem with other people's sin, it's always because they're trying to cover their own. In this book of Judges, we have great judges. We even had Deborah because a man wouldn't get the job done. He says, I'll go, but I gotta have Deborah with me. Thank God for women. I love, I love the story, and I'll, I'll close. I love the story of Gideon. He said, Gideon, God did, go down, utterly destroy and conquer, but if thou fearest to go down, Go down with Phura, P-H-U-R-A-H. And the next verse, and Gideon and Phura went down. You know, your dad that seems so invincible, or your mother, or your pastor, they get afraid. And it doesn't take very much to cause knees to get weak. You children, you teenagers, I don't want you to just have teenagers in here tonight. You teenagers. Mama, you, mama has situations in her life that you don't know anything about. You breathe strength into her. You come home from school. Mom, I'm so glad to see you. Mother, thank you for being my mom. God's put a father in your home. Dad, thank you for being my dad. Thank you for all you do for our home. Why are we making it so hard in the home? Gideon was a mighty man of valor. God said he was. And yet that mighty man of valor had fear. And so fear comes alongside. The book of Judges is a powerful book. But you go from, nine, from midnight to three to six to nine and the cycle goes through and through 13 times. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.